All right. Uh, welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined in the podcast studio by Violet Delgado. Violet, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. All right. I'm excited about what we have to share. I know you have been uh, quite the influencer over at the the high school and in the community. I'm going to go over your bio real quick. If I miss anything or I make any mistake, feel free to jump in and correct me. Okay. I'm completely okay with that. Awesome. So you graduated from Highlands High School on the southeast side of San Antonio. Ooh. And you have a bachelor's of science degree in multidisciplinary science mm-hmm. from UTSA. Yes. Then you have your master's degree from Texas A&M College Station. Go Aggies. Yep. You have, <laughs> is it six years of teaching at this point? Yes. Physics, biology, avid coordinator for east central high school um you also manage a teacher instagram page where you you field questions from teachers mm-hmm. um you've been the avid teacher for this will be my third year third year mm-hmm. um you're the site coordinator where you oversee 250 students in the program mm-hmm. married 11 years to my good friend donovan delgado longtime friend since high school yes. and then uh three children um uh, no children Kalel just turned four? Just turned four, yes. Just turned four uh-huh. yesterday? Yesterday. That's right. So happy birthday to him. Uh-huh. And then um, Amelia, so she's one. She's one, yes. That's right. I had the children and then the three. The three was the age, <laughs> not three children. Got yes. It. Okay. Kalel and Amelia. Okay, fantastic. So let's jump off. Um, I wanted to ask you about being a teacher. What inspired you to become a teacher? What inspired me to become a teacher? Um, I think I always kind of knew that I wanted to be a teacher, but I never really wanted to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think they're, I don't know. I wanted to be a teacher. I was like the teacher's pet. I mm-hmm. would, uh, I always wanted to sit near the teacher. Um, but I really just loved helping people. And mm-hmm. so, uh, one of my friends in elementary school was struggling in math. And I just got this satisfaction from sitting there and helping her and seeing her just improve. Nice. Um, and so, you know, even my mom was like, Oh, you helped your friend. Like she did better on her test. And, mm-hmm. um, just seeing that and seeing that I was helping people yes. um, was a big thing to me. And then um, in high school, I, I know I wanted to be a nurse. I know I wanted to help oh, people. Yeah, so my I, wife's a nurse. So, oh, right, yes. Right, right. Uh-huh. So I wanted to be a nurse. Um, but I had a teacher. I was taking an AP English class. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had uh, turned around and I was helping one of my friends um, just understand the concept that we were going over just a little bit better because mm-hmm. she was struggling. And the teacher walked by me and was like, Violet, you would be an amazing teacher. Wow. And I kind of just looked at her and I was like, um, I don't have the patience for that. Like mm-hmm. I can't deal with the, with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she replied like, don't worry, like you, God will give you the patience. Uh-oh. And so that was something that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going through college, taking a bunch of biology classes, um, and knowing that I wanted to, you know, pursue something in the sciences. Um, I just had this realization, I think, uh, Donovan and I led a Bible talk and we were teaching mm-hmm. in our Bible talk and um, just being a leader in that aspect, I was like, you know what? I think I want to give teaching a try wow. um, because I would like to be the leader of my classroom and mm-hmm. I want to help students um, and yes. I want to be able just to, you know, make a difference. And that's right. my way of helping them. So I yes. changed my major to multidisciplinary science and that's to teach all levels of science mm-hmm. at the high school level. Um, and I started substitute teaching mm-hmm. um, and then I became an avid tutor. And then that's where my love for AVID came in as well. And I knew like 
this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a teacher. I think when I'm listening to your story, I'm hearing the experience that you are almost like developing unintentionally Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm hearing even when you were growing up as a, as a young girl, you were helping somebody out. You were, you're helping that somebody else out with their education or, and then even when you're getting into um, high school, helping somebody out. And then you're talking about even being like a small group leader, like with your, in in the church setting, Mm -hmm. um, you're still helping somebody you're teaching, you know, you're, you're conveying knowledge that you've attained to somebody else. So they're better equipped and they're in a better situation. And then, then for you to make that switch, um, I guess ultimately I'm hearing you describe like a calling, you know, there was a calling on your life and it was being revealed um, slowly, but throughout the duration of your life. Oh, definitely. And naturally as a coach, um, um, I even put something up on social media recently about if you hate your job, then maybe you should start thinking about finding something else, oh, you know? Yeah, and if you have a hard time waking up on Mondays, then mm-hmm. maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, um, and naturally I'm one of those guys is I want to help and uh, I want to help somebody to get to where they want to be. If you don't like where you are, that, that, you know, a lot of people are in the spot they don't, they're not happy with, exactly. but what are you going to do about it? But I'm, I mean, I'm always encouraged when I talk to somebody who's passionate about what they're doing. And I, I know you absolutely are. Yes, definitely. So when you started to teach, what what um, subject did you start off with? Uh, my first year teaching, I started teaching physics. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I wasn't passionate about the subject matter, um, but I tried my best uh, to teach physics. I threw a lot of um, like videos in, oh, what's that show called? The one with... Um, uh, Big Bang Theory. There, we go. there, <laughs> there we you go. go. There you go. Big yeah, Bang yeah, Theory. Yes, yes. I used to throw a lot of little clips from there and then try to make it re- relevant to the kids and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started teaching biology at Southwest High School mm-hmm. for a couple years. And that's where my passion for biology really, um, that was a subject matter that I just love to teach. I love the labs. I love the hands-on experiences mm-hmm. that I got to teach and just teaching my kids about the medical field and just different jobs that they could do with having a science you know, science background. Yes. And then, yes. And then that moved on. Okay. Now, did you plan to stay teaching like physics and biology your whole career or? Um, I planned on teaching biology for the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was something I was super passionate about. And then I got an opportunity to teach AVID um, about three years ago. Tell Uh, Tell us about that. For people out there listening that have no idea, never heard of AVID, how would you explain um, what AVID is? So AVID stands for Advancement Via Individual Determination. Um, and it's a program that was developed in the early 80s. And it was mm-hmm. to help students who really need that support in the classroom to make them college ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my class is geared towards students who are the high C, B students. Uh, maybe they're, they're going to be first generation college students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe they don't have that. Um, their parents at home just don't have the knowledge of how to get their kids into college or mm-hmm. how to get scholarships. That's where we come in and we provide that support for the students. We're taking them on field trips to colleges. We're helping them look up scholarships, helping them write essays. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing is wicker strategies, which is we're helping them develop their writing inquiry, um, reading, mm-hmm. um, organization and did I say reading already? Well, it's quicker <laughs> and reading strategies to kind of help them right. um, develop those skills that are necessary for uh, for college. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me ask you. So let me I run a couple of steps. When the opportunity first came for Avid, so you're doing Avid full time now. There's, there's, yes. there's no science involved. No science whatsoever. involved. Whatsoever. Which you didn't foresee that happening. I did not foresee that happening. What? Um, I guess tell me about the process. Like, how do you go from 
hey, this is my vision. This is my dream. Science for the rest of whatever, 20, 25 years mm-hmm. to, okay, let me, let me change lanes. Still be in the, in the, on the path of high school education. Let me change lanes to Avid. What, what inspired that? What brought that about? Well, I went on when I was in college station in grad school, I was looking for a job and I still wanted to be in the school district. So I saw there was an opening to be an avid tutor. And so these are college level students who come into the classroom, into Mm -hmm. the avid classroom, and they provide support during tutorials for students. So I first started off um, in that program and I just saw how amazing avid was. Mm -hmm. And I knew like, okay, um, the teacher, my supervisor that I worked with, she was a biology teacher and she was an avid teacher. So I was like, that's my dream. Like, that's what I want to do. do yes, I want to do both so I can nice. have my feet in both of those areas. Um, and so when I came to San Antonio um, and I got a job at East Central High School, the um, my associate principal who hired me, he saw that I, you know, was an avid tutor and that I had a passion for avid as well. Mm-hmm. And so he always ca- kept that in the back of his mind. And as soon as there was an opening, he brought me in and yes. I started just teaching my first year of avid. Mm-hmm. And then there was an opening to become the coordinator. And so that was, I was really scared to take that leap um, mm-hmm. because I, I mean, I told him, I was like, I really love biology. I don't want to give that up. I mean, I love my team so much. We, we help each other. We share ideas with one one another. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave that little family, the little bio family that we had. Um, but he just encouraged me like, no, you're going to be, you're going to be a great leader and you're going to do great mm. things with this program. So nice. um, I trusted him and I took that leap of faith and I decided, okay, I'm going to be the coordinator. Um, super difficult, especially the first year. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many moving pieces to it. Um, but I, I feel like I, um, have just grown so much the past two years Love in that. my profession because mm-hmm. he had that, um, just that he was just, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he knew that, I, that I would be great at this mm-hmm. and he just gave me the little nudge right. that I needed to right. take that leap of faith. So and it's interesting because I think about your story and I, I, I was hearing about your, um, in graduate school, looking for a job. Like and, and I think about it, it's relevant for stu- students out there, when, mm-hmm. you know, as they tune in and they're thinking about like these different smaller jobs that they take on during their education, during that process. Like you just never know mm-hmm. what that's going to do on your resume, on your portfolio, and then how that could open up doors later on for you. I'm just thinking about the, um, you, the, the mentor you mentioned, him looking over your resume, your portfolio, and he sees Avid there. Yes. And then he's seeing the Avid program. And then he's trying to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And then he brings you on over, but you're doing both at that point, right? Yes. And then he's like, okay, no way. Then we're going to go all the way in. But I'm seeing like the genesis of your Avid involvement came from your graduate work uh, yes. when, when you were there as a tutor, which I think is just relevant for students to think about. Um, it could be this small role you have during your undergrad or your graduate, um, or your graduate studies they can play a huge role in like the trajectory of your career. Almost oh, definitely. That's something that I encourage my students with, even now as high school students. I know there's when they're 16, 17 and 18 years old, there's not too much of a pool for them to choose for jobs. But I tell them, like, always try to find something that you're interested in in mm-hmm. that field um, and try to go that way. I mean, I have a student who is 
like a perfect salesman. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, well, I'm just working at the movies right now. I'm like, you need to get into something like in the marketing area. And so like, he's going to apply to work at Jared's and sell jewelry. And I'm like, that is perfect to put on your resume. That's giving you that experience. So Mm -hmm. yes, try and then try it. And if they don't like it, you can always try something else. But um, just, you know, getting those little internships helps so much. I believe it. I believe that. Okay, so let's talk about the role in Avid. Um, what have you? How have you been creative in the role? Um, well, definitely, Mr. Trosper. He's like he's my mentor. He's the one mm-hmm. who gave me the opportunity to be the Avid coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, is my mentor, so I would go to him and ask him, you know, questions, and we'd bounce ideas back and forth off of each other. Mm-hmm. And he was just whenever I had an idea, whether it was. Um, For instance, with the seniors that I have, I wanted to teach them about the five biggest mistakes that college students make. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that's super important that we need to, you know, teach seniors before they head off to college. And Mm -hmm. and this book is a more of a financial book of how they can graduate college without debt. Yes. Um, Because, you know, right now our country is in a... Um, student loan crisis, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're about a trillion dollars in student loan debt. Wow, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they understand that and can fully comprehend because, you know, they've been told or our generation was told, like, just take out as much student loans as you want it. I mean, it is a good investment if you honestly really need to take it out, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go crazy with it and you right. want to make sure you're being wise about what you're mm-hmm. doing. Because, I mean, like I said, um, you know, people graduate with thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to make sure that um, they can lower that as much as possible. Yes. And so with that, he was able to let me add that to the curriculum, to the AVID curriculum and just get creative with the kiddos and help them make budgets and help nice. them project. Yeah, help them project. That's okay. crazy because sometimes you don't really start working on a budget depending on who you are. Maybe it's your mid twenties. Oh yeah. But then to be able to get that experience as a teenager in high school. Oh yeah, definitely. And they're in shock too because I will even give them like the salary of a teacher because that's a public record. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say, okay, if you want to be a teacher, this is how much you might start off making or a nurse. And then they think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so they think it's a lot of money. But then once we start going through and calculating, okay, this is how much it is for rent and for food and for healthcare and clothes, then they're like, oh my gosh, that's not. A- <laughs> That's not enough money. And so um, that kind of helps them see because even with student loans, they don't, I think in a high school, they don't understand like how much is $30,000 in debt? Oh, I'll pay that off. But then they see the monthly, Mm -hmm. how much it adds monthly over the years and the interest that's added and that I can kind of draw it out for them. Like, this is how it's going to look. And that helps them realize, okay, I need to be wise with my money starting off Mm -hmm. even in high school. Um, So he helped me be creative in that aspect. I got to... I had the autonomy to kind of bring in things and mm-hmm. make them my own. They mm-hmm. still follow the AVID curriculum, but I get to make them my own. Yes. And I'm hearing from um, about your mentor. He's somebody who really empowers you and gives you the creative uh, flexibility mm-hmm. to um, use ideas. And I, I guess every, every time I've heard you describe him, it's something that when you have this like creative fire, he's not one to go ahead and me go, calm that fire down mm-hmm. he's more like hey let me unleash that fire oh yeah for and sure so to, for you to use more and more of your creativity and different ideas that you have to make it special 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Even with our senior banquet, we had it the first time we had an avid senior banquet with the guest speaker, and you're our guest speaker. Hey, shout yeah. out, Strong Life Coach. <laughs> yeah, Strong Life Coach. <laughs> you got to come and speak to our seniors, yes. and that was the first time we ever had something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so inspirational, your ABCs of relationships that you shared with our students. Um, yes. I mean, I still remember them, like, looking. I mean, my eyes were watery. And mm-hmm. I remember looking around the room, and, like, all my students, like, mouths were, like, Oh my God. Like in shock with just how creative you are and just Mm -hmm. how passionate you are that really just help them feel that fire that they have in them. So thank you so much. So we're gonna have to take that clip right there. That'd be another another testimonial for the uh for my social media platforms on the website. (laughs) So thank you for for saying that. Now let me ask you on that because that's kind of um I think every group that I talk to or every leader I talk to who has me speak in has me speak. I'm curious, like what happens on the on the other side, because it's such a um, because influence is so precious. Mm-hmm. Right. You never want a um, a toxic person. Right. To oh, come yeah. in and to spread poison. Right. With the uh, group that you're leading. Oh, um, so I'm curious on your side. I've heard from different perspectives. What's your perspective on how you go about choosing someone to be a guest speaker um, versus maybe versus maybe not choosing somebody? Um, well, definitely for the most part, the people who I've brought in, I know them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for you, I've known you for years. How many years has it been? Like 15 yes. years. And yes, so yes. I know that you have like, you're going to speak positivity into mm-hmm. my students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want them to be able to hear that. Um, so I really have to know them. And for instance, I've brought in, um, her name's Dr. Shabby. She's a chiropractic here, nice. chiropractor here in San Antonio. And she's all about, um, helping women and, um, just the holistic medical approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I brought her in before and she's been amazing, just a partner. Um, she's donated supplies to our school. She loves Avid and, and always comes and helps out. And same thing with uh, meteorologist Sarah Spivey from yes. KSAT 12 News. She's come to our school several times um, and she's even helped the media department. Um, They made Mm -hmm. like a little forecast for the weather. Uh, Yeah. So she's done that. She's come and she's uh, spoke at our avid senior signing day and she highlighted women in the sciences. Mm -hmm. Um, And just I know that they're going to be a positive influence for my students and I want them to be able to hear them and leave um, just refreshed and with some knowledge to kind of help them um, in their everyday lives so that's hey. something i definitely look for that's awesome and i think you captured it well i think what i heard you say and what i try to do i think those hit perfectly because i always say if there's two things i want to do with every audience it's i want to energize them so that's oh, like yeah, motivate definitely. and make them feel special important valuable and precious but then it's also i want to equip them oh, yes. so um it's one thing to make people feel good but then after they leave do i have anything to actually use in their everyday life you know mm-hmm. so that's why i talk about relationships because i think i believe Wherever you are, any place, any position in your marriage, in your with your with your uh, children, with your job, you know, wherever you are, you're going to need the tool of how to have great relationships. So that's where I'm like super passionate about sharing that insight. Um, No, but it it makes sense, though. I think even you know, as as I um, build the the speaking business and the coaching business, Mm -hmm. I'm asking myself the questions of: Do people know me? Mm -hmm. That's important. Like you just captured that people you know is people you bring in. Um, do people like me? Like, am I um, am I a loving, kind person around people? And am I serving? Um, and then do people trust me? And then do, do they respect me? Like, that's kind of those four things that I'm asking. Am I building that in the community? Um, and I think for any business builder, 
who's out there and are thinking about what can they do. I think those those are four areas to start with. Like, um, are, are people building um, relationships where, you, where people could actually get to know you mm-hmm. and then like you and then trust you and respect you? Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I think you captured that in a, in a in a succinct way there. Um, how do you go about building connection in the classroom? Uh, for me, that's like the number one thing on my list. As soon as I get those group of kiddos in my class, that's something that I definitely do. Um, even before they walk into my class, I always I pray for them. So that's something that I I pray like, okay, God, whatever kids that you need me to to help out, just have them in my classroom. And that's the first thing I yes. do. And then the second thing is once they get into my classroom, I see them as my own kids. And it's kind of funny because even when I call my mom and I'm like, oh, my kids, she doesn't know if I'm talking about my students <laughs> or my actual kids. I'm like, no, my actual kids or <laughs> vice versa, because they, I yes. see them as my, my kids. And um, I just... Um, want to inspire them. I want to love them. I, I mean, I even tell them, you know, I love mm-hmm. you. And then they even start telling me before I even tell them that they love me, but just building that love and connection and that yes. family within the classroom is super important. So the first week of school, we're getting to know each other. We're, um, I'm learning about them. They're learning about me. Um, we build trust within our classroom as well. Um, the great thing about the AVID program is in the curriculum, it's about building family. We always mm. use like hashtag AVID family all the time because they see us as a family and they'll reference it a lot. Um, yes. Like we're a family and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And so building those connections and letting them know like, yes, I care about you. I want you to succeed. I'm going to help you find what you're passionate about. We're yes. going to find people who can help you if I can't help you. And I don't know the answers. Um, and just building those relationships with them and letting them know that I care about them. That's super mm-hmm. important. And and once we get there and once they trust me and they, they know that I'm their biggest cheerleader, yes. um, I think that's when the learning really happens in the classroom because they're going to listen to what I have to say because because um, they know that I care about yes. them. And so that building that connection with them really helps with the learning as well. And even when I taught biology, I even would say like, we're, an, we're a bio fam and we're going to mm. do this together. Yes. And so in any subject matter, you can do that in your classroom. And mm-hmm. once your kids know that you care about them and you're, you're there for them, they're going to they're gonna learn and they're going to do their best for yes. you. I love that. Uh, it reminds me of the quote that says, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, definitely. And, um, and I, I, I can see it. I can imagine it. And I've seen it in my world as well, where when people understand you really just want to help them. And it's really not about like what they can do for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like, hear you. If you get good grades, you make me you look better as a teacher. Well, no, it's, 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 it's more about me serving you and helping you and, and helping you to be your best. Oh, yes. And I care about you and people I care about, I want the best for them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're able to build that connection. And I, I, I can see how those defenses kind of come down mm-hmm. and people will really um, trust that you're there, that, you know, really to, to care about them and to help them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm passionate about AVID. You know, I was an AVID um, in my uh, AVID high alumni. school. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's it called? AVID alumni. AVID alumni. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. So, the, in, in, in the AVID space, I know uh, when you and I were brainstorming about this whole session, um, I don't know how it came up, but you, you brought up, uh, you or I brought up the whole um, me being an AVID and I, I, it clicked to me that being an avid led me to being able to attain this um uh, this this dell scholarship mm-hmm. which um and i remember our teacher uh and she 
really she um pushed me and then uh, one of my friends robert at the time to apply for this hardship scholarship and, and all you're talking about is a trial you've overcome yeah as i was gonna talk my dad had had um had passed away the prior year tragic circumstances um uh, for in, in a suicide situation and and i just talked about what i was doing as a as a student to overcome that challenge and when I and I talked about that in the paper and I wrote it probably 30, 45 minutes, I, I didn't really think I did it because she told me not because I actually thought I'd get a scholarship. <laughs> yeah. But then um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to get it. But then I kind of traced it back to the whole avid thing, like mm -hmm. avid being an avid um, gave me that platform, gave me the, the, I, my teacher who was that spur in my side mm -hmm. um, to she, she pushed us to apply for that scholarship. And I was able to ha have a $20,000 scholarship going into college. So that's amazing. Like, so, congratulations. I'm just going to tell you congratulations because those that Dell scholarship that you received mm -hmm. that that's a big deal. So yes. congratulations to you for so, getting that scholarship. So I say that like, th thank you. For, thank you for that. I say that because um, let's put an idea into the universe right now. Um, I've had a dream about creating a scholarship for like the next the next a group of uh, generation coming up for probably five ten years, um, but we got to coordinate to figure out how we could do it. Um, the, I have like a I have a few slides created about um, kind of how the vision mm -hmm. because in in my vision at least it's um, it's helping the students with of course the scholarship money but also uh, professional skills also professional relationships. Right. Yeah. So in, in my world as a speaker and a coach, I'm connected with a variety of industries mm -hmm. um, and I meet with people every week. Um, and I would love for students to be able to have exposure to a wide variety of industries in, in um, just so they see professionals in every space. Yeah. Um, but then also to be really committed to having the compassion to give back to the community. Oh, so definitely. whether that's in the prison or from some Central America over at St. PJ's or um, or uh, the, the, the homeless. But the idea is. There's scholarship money, but there's also skills and then there's relationships professionally that they're, they'll build mm -hmm. and they would be giving back to the community in one shape, in one way, shape or form so that it would build up other scholarship app opportunities mm -hmm. and also their their college applications. Oh, yeah. So anyway, sure. we'll just put it into the universe right <laughs> now. Talk about coordinating. Um, and, well, I, one more thing I wanted to add to that ahead, is ahead. it definitely reminds me too of um, just a couple of months. Uh, yeah, last month, um, we had a, a AVID alumni from mm -hmm. the MEX tour give our AVID students um, tickets to go watch the Mexico game. Mm -hmm. um, and he made it like a whole thing and his thing and I... Um, he will kind of want to be private, but he wanted to give back to Avid because Avid helped him so much. Yes. Um, and so he gave uh, 50 tickets to our East Central students and most of them were Avid students and we got to take them. They got a charter bus. They took them nice. behind the scenes of the of the soccer game and gave, and fed them and they were so happy. And that's part of mm. giving back. And so that even reminds me too, like having when you, you know, get to where you want to be. I mean, always remember where you came from yes. and how you can give back to right. to your community. So I love that. All right, so we'll talk. So again, I have I have a scholarship lady who's in um, Austin that I was just connected with, and I have an attorney who does some um, incredible uh, fundraising. So awesome. I, so I put the ideas to both of them already that hey, like let's really talk about raising some, do some fundraisers, some fancy fundraisers uh -huh. uh, to be able to give back to the to a scholarship fund. So. Let's talk for sure. So yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we covered connection. We covered um, a unique challenge. Let's, let's cover. Let's talk about a unique challenge. What's a unique challenge you have overcome in the teacher role? 
in the teacher role. Um, I think for teachers, especially where we are now, um, there's so much that's expected from us mm -hmm. as teachers. Um, I feel like I constantly have this running to-do list of 100 things, and I feel like I'm being pulled in every direction, Right. Um, whether that's just from lesson planning and grading to whatever the principal is having us do, you know, for um, just mandatory things that we have to do. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of challenges there. And then even in our classroom with our students, um, once you build those connections with your students, you know, sometimes they're going through difficult times in their lives. And I feel like as teachers, we wear so many different hats, mm -hmm. whether that is the mom hat, because sometimes they just need a hug, mm -hmm. or whether that is a the hat of a counselor because they really want to talk about something that's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, or you're, you know, you're the teacher, you're teaching them, you're trying to educate them. Um, there's just so many roles that we play and, and sometimes it's really challenging. Um, I think with being a teacher, it's not something that you just leave at the door. Mm -hmm. um, you take it all home with you. Um, yes. So, you know, weekends there's grading, but then also the emotional part of it. Because um, you do get connected to those students. And I mean, I want to help them all. And even mm -hmm. though I can't, you know, make their problems go away, um, it's just, it's challenging emotionally sometimes. Yes. I know as teachers, we always talk about like, sometimes we need to take a mental health day because um, we pour so much into our mm -hmm. jobs and into our careers because we're just wanting to help our students so much and being that servant to them. Yes. Um, that sometimes it gets, uh, it gets kind of draining, whether that's physically, emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's hard sometimes. So those are the obstacles I think that we have to overcome. Um, just for myself and then always relying on other teachers because mm -hmm. we can all definitely relate. And so finding those, I always try to find positive teachers that are in our school that I can kind of talk to and we can kind of help each other out. And yes. so that's something that, that kind of helps with those obstacles. Mm. Yes. I think, uh, I think any leader can relate to, to what you just described. I think, uh, you know, leading in the corporate world for five years, I think I always felt like I had, 70 new responsibilities each day <laughs> yeah. but time for about 40 of them yeah so each day it was like i'm hoping i'm choosing the right 40 to pick today <laughs> because you literally i mean there's not enough time to handle everything so you'll, oh, you'll, yeah. every day you're literally choosing 30 things to not get done oh, which yeah. is like a horrible feeling like so, sometimes <laughs> you're like i always want to get everything done yeah but you couldn't possibly get everything done and then have a personal life and a family life oh and, yeah and you could easily get um imbalanced and i f consider myself somewhat of a fast reader and a fast typer and so some of the people that aren't as quick i'm like i just wonder how they even <laughs> um get some of the things done uh -huh. um, but I, I think any any leader and teacher r relates to um being pulled in a variety of directions and then finding creative ways to do it. And I know you mentioned finding uh, positive people, uh, positive teachers um, to help. Let's kind of talk about that. So what, what keeps you motivated um, in the teacher role? In the teacher role, definitely it would be my students. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint them. That's mm -hmm. something too. Like I want them to be happy. I want their time in my classroom to be a, fun time. I want them to look forward to coming to my classroom. And so um, that kind of motivates me to always have engaging lessons and yes. um, being there for them. Um, that is a big motivation. And honestly, I get a lot of intrinsic rewards with my job because when they come 
back and they tell me like, thank you so much, Ms. Delgado. Thank you for your help on this. Or um, thank you for just talking to me. Um, I've never had a teacher who talks to me the way you talk to mm-hmm. me. Like you see me as a person and not just like somebody sitting in your classroom. Like, yes. like I, you really do care about me. Um, and even on Friday, I had a student say, uh, Ms. Delgado, like I feel like a connection with you because even when I can, like I would, went up to this young lady because I knew something was going on there. And I was like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I'm like, are you really okay? Mm -hmm. And just asking her a second time, she was like, okay, let me just tell you. Like, she just needed that from from me. And she came back and told me like, you know, sometimes other teachers are like, okay, you're okay, okay. And then they go about their day. But you really knew that there was something like going on. And I really appreciate you, you know, asking Mm -hmm. me. And so um, just, you know, having that time just to talk to her really helped her. She's had a very hard life and her being able to open up to me. Um, I mean, that is an intrinsic reward because, you know, yes. she's not able to talk to everybody, but she was able to open up to me. Mm-hmm. And that I feel is, that's my reward yes. um, is just having them kind of help shaping them and, sure. and helping them on their journey and, you know, encouraging them. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that you're, that you seeing and hearing and feeling the impact. Mm-hmm. Um, of what you're doing is is something that's rejuvenating oh, uh, yes, for you, uh, and, and I think I, I relate to that, right? Because um, I want to motivate people, I want people to feel good, but I want them to be equipped. And then you see people implementing what you're talking about. I think that's always like, oh, dang! Like you're taking that and using it, and mm-hmm. it's it's changing you and it's changing other people around um, them. Um, awesome. Uh, I do want to cover uh, one area before we talk about your family. Um, I know you've created like. I don't know if it's like you call it a strategic partnerships in the community with like other uh, like local businesses. Uh, yes. Do you, you want to share any examples about what you've done in that space? Yes. Yeah, so something I feel like it's really important for students, especially in high school, is to learn about different um, industries. Mm-hmm. And so me building those partnerships with those industries, I just want my students to be able to use that. Um, so for instance, last year we took a group of students to Rackspace. So I looked for students who were into graphic design, into marketing, into business. Mm -hmm. And we came up with a field trip to, uh, Rackspace and it, they, did the typical rack space tour, but then they extended it to having um, the students make vision boards and nice. um, talk to some of the workers that were there. Um, they even did some um, like little business proposals. And mm-hmm. then the uh, workers from rack space or the rackers is what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, they even gave them feedback and how to and how to change different things that they said. Um, and just providing that experience for them helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the students even wrote letters to the CEO of Rackspace, uh, nice. Kevin Jones. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't there that day, but they each wrote him a letter and he actually read all of the letters and he um, recorded a video specifically for our students. Wow. And it was super encouraging. Like they were like blown away that he took the time to actually record a video for them. He get, he answered their questions. He even gave them advice um, on how to be a CEO in the future or how to find their passion yes. in their job as well. He talked to them. He gave them different quotes and different books that he recommended um and so they were just blown away that um the ceo of this fortune 500 company yeah Yeah. would give them um advice and he's looking forward to continuing that with uh with our students next year and building that partnership so we'll be taking another group uh this school year um we've built partnerships um 
had a student who was really into DJing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something he wanted to do music production. Mm-hmm. And so um, DJ Menio that works here in San Antonio, he came to our Avid Senior Signing Day and he showed a couple of my students like behind the scenes of how to DJ and how to produce music. And he interned for him at a concert like the nice. next day. Um, mm. So providing that too. And then uh, definitely again um, with Sarah Spivey coming and mm. always building that connection with East Central. Yes. Um, helping out any way she can. Um, just um, and the chiropractor, our chiropractor mm-hmm. that works here with Essence Chiropractic, yes. um, building those connections. Um, and so we've had um, nurses coming and talk. We've had um, just people in the community. We've had firefighters come and talk to our students too. Mm-hmm. And just having that you know, those people that are in the industry talk to our students and give them the firsthand advice um, really goes a long way in helping our kiddos. Um, So it's been awesome having those connections. I just feel like they need to be exposed to Mm -hmm. different um, careers that are out there. I don't know about you, but I don't know. In high school, do you feel like you learned about anything with careers? And that's why I'm so passionate about like like what I was talking about, even with the, the scholarship idea is that um, I was asking myself, how many real estate agents that I know? How many people that I know that sold corporate real estate? How many people that I know, even even the technical skills, how many plumbers that I know? How many uh, landscapers that I know? How many um, insurance agency owners that I know? I mean, you just pick an industry. Yeah. How many people that I know that sold life insurance? That, you know, and you just, there are so uh, many industries I'm aware of now that I wasn't aware of then. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a part of networking groups like a BNI where I'm together every single Thursday at noon with 30 to 40 different business uh, businesses representing a, a different industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going like, man, like this group needs to meet some of these students, oh, you know, yeah. slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to your point, though, yeah, I, it's pretty minimal. Yeah, pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. So when you were in high school, what was something? Do you remember in high school what you where you saw yourself ten years Whoa. from your high school graduation? I mean, I know it wasn't the NBA because it wasn't like I was like great <laughs> like in sports, but um, I would say almost certainly not where I'm at, where I'm at now. Okay. I think um, like speaking has taken on this like life of its own, mm-hmm. and even like the whole development of it. I think it's been like um, people have asked me to do something here, like uh. I remember when I was 18, I was asked to do an event. I don't think it was good. I spoke about Michael Jordan, you know, maybe too much almost. And then I, uh, as I went forward, I was asked to do like different, like different events in college. And then uh, I think it, it really took off about five years ago when I was in my first leadership role. I was asked to give a presentation on building relationships and networking, um, incidentally enough. Huh. And so I started doing that in the corporate world mm-hmm. for a leadership development program under this business that was under the umbrella of nationwide mm-hmm. and then for me like gauging success isn't if the crowd is crying or as if they're laughing or if they're cheering or even if they have goosebumps which i've seen all those things happen as i've spoke mm-hmm. um and even like one, one of my my buddies came up to me once and he's showing me the goosebumps he's like man your story wow. gave me these <laughs> and he's like they're all wow. up my back and into my head you know <laughs> which is crazy to, to think about but to me that's also awesome. that's not success success for me is um as a speaker is does the leader invite me back which you invited me back so i'm grateful for that (laughs) but it's because the leader i always think that the leader has an intuition that everybody else doesn't have the leader sees Mm -hmm. what kind of 
influence is this speaker having on my people? Is he making my job easier or harder? Is it, or is it making my job the same? Mm-hmm. But if I add significant value to, to anybody I speak to, then the leader will see it. And the leader will ask me to do something else later on. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it, it's kind of taken on this life of its own. And so at this point, I could say, you know, I spoke in Ohio and Oklahoma and across Texas and Plano, Denton, um, Dallas, Austin, Colleen, uh, New Braunfels, Blanco, uh, Blanco Hondo, and uh, and around San Antonio, of course. So it's 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 a little crazy. It's uh-huh. a little crazy. Well, you found your passion, definitely yes, for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it is cultivating it and letting that lead to other opportunities. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, and being able to use it in the community too. You mm-hmm. know, I started doing this work um, two weeks ago uh, in the, with the Battered Women's Shelter here. Okay. And then I'll be back in doing some community work with uh, as a as a motivational as a volunteer motivational speaker in prison again. That's um, awesome. So um, I'm excited just to be be with what I consider like the marginalized. You know, the overlooked or the some people might call them the less than, mm-hmm. but really being there to add value as well. So. I really look up to you for that because Big. that's something I mean, that's your passion. And like you said, you're cultivating your passion. And mm. I mean, I feel like like what you mentioned on Facebook where you put like when you wake up in the morning, is this a job you really want to do? Right. And I think I think definitely for you, this is something that you you wake up every day and this right. is what you want to do. And, Real. you know, same for me. And I mean, we yes. wish that for everybody to that for them you to do. wake up and love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be hard. There's hardships with every job out there, but just waking up and if this is something that you're passionate about then you know you're in the right place right. and if you're not then you need to make a change make a change right. yeah and it's it's weird because i've seen it give me energy over and over again and my wife's like why are you up so early you were up so late last night but i was up late last night in my passion and i was up early this morning like i just had ideas i said i just really wanted to put them down or mm-hmm. i wanted to get ready for what i have uh, going on over the next few days and uh and yeah it is crazy that people in a variety of industries are showing a lot of like love and respect for it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even like, as the coaching element of the business takes off and working with people in professions that I super respect, I'm going like, what? Like, like what am I going to do to help an attorney? You know, is, is what I could feel like, you know, in my insecurities or my worries. Like, I don't know anything about law. I mean, I have a four year degree. Um, what do I know about that world? Mm-hmm. But then understanding what I do is you're, I'm helping my friend who is a, um, she owns a law firm okay. and she's you know, bringing me on as a, as a coach for her law firm, which is like, awesome. again, like wait, me, like who, who am I? But what I do in the coaching world, I don't have to be the expert mm-hmm. in that industry. Like it, it might be something as simple as speaking to her about her goals. Mm-hmm. And then let's say she wants to expand her law firm and grow it to be more profitable. Um, and, I, and I'll probably ask her about who do you, who, who are the top 10 most profitable law firms in San Antonio that you know of right now? Okay, all right, so she'll list them out. Let's say there's 10. Mm-hmm. All right, um, are you willing to go be a learner and ask them to mentor you? Mm-hmm. Because you just started your law firm. Yes. Are you willing to go learn? And then let's say she says yes, then hey, we're on the way. Mm-hmm. If she says no, let's talk about that, yeah. why? You know, you gotta because, be a lifelong learner. <laughs> right, right, right. So is it is it the ego? Is it you know, is it hey, you don't want to be seen as weak? Let's talk about that because that's the path that's gonna help you to um be get the success that you want. Yes. Um and uh so anyway, it's helped me tremendously to to think back to I don't have to be the expert in every industry. Exactly. But um I'm helping them to know that I'm, people I'm working with, they're the expert. Mm-hmm. I'm just helping you to realize your expertise. 
and then move toward that after you have the awareness of what you need to do like those 10 people she needs to talk to yes move toward um really uh learning and maximizing those relationships mm -hmm, definitely. so anyway definitely. i can talk about that all day long <laughs> <laughs> so um before we close i do want to ask you the favorite qualities of your immediate family members donovan Kalel, and amelia so Donovan, um, something I really love about him, well, he's super handsome, but <laughs> uh, but not only that, I just love his um, ability just to serve. Mm -hmm. um, he has a heart of a servant and he just loves to serve, whether that's with our church, with our kids, um, me, mm -hmm. um, helping me out, especially being a teacher, it's hard sometimes. And so he's constantly there to help me, you know, with the kiddos as well. So his heart to serve, I really admire him. Mm -hmm. um, I also, with Kellel, my four-year-old, um, I love his energy. If I could just like take a little ounce of his energy, mm -hmm. I would totally love that. Um, so he's just a rambunctious four-year-old and... Mm -hmm. um, I just love all the energy and his just he's just the cutest little thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then Amelia, she's starting to be a little spunky um, okay. and she's such a sweetheart. Um, and so her I love her and her her wanting to always like hug and kiss mm -hmm. and just cuddle. Um, I love that about her just being affectionate. Awesome. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite questions I ask people is about their immediate family and just it's something about like just hearing somebody talk about and light up about the, the family that they love the most, they care about the most, and you are no exception. So that's mm -hmm. awesome that um, you have such a passion for not only your profession, your career, and, and your influence in the classroom, but also passion for your family. Yeah, so if you're tuning in, I'm here with Violet mm -hmm. Delgado. We're on the Strong Life Coach podcast where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. If you're tuning in, remember to like the podcast, rate it well, leave a comment, share it, and mm -hmm. Don't forget to subscribe. Yes. Thank you.